Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in here. Happy Thursday morning to you. All right, if you had a coworker who was late for work, how late would they have to be before you called them, not texted, but called to see if everything was okay? In this case of the story, it was 15 minutes and it saved this guy's life. Yeah, amazing story out of Mayfield Heights, Ohio, where there was a guy who worked at Costco. And, you know, it's funny, um, the way that they describe their workplace is that the people that they talk to, the, the, the news channel talked to, the WOIO, I believe it was, uh, talked to about all of this is they said, you know, this is like a family. In fact, especially around the holidays, we spend more time with our Costco, quote-unquote, family than we do at home with the people that we're actually related to. So it's a very close, very tight-knit thing. And when this guy who was uh, Jesse Osborne, a manager at a Costco, uh, got concerned one of his team members didn't show up for his scheduled shift at 5 a.m., and then noticed 15 minutes later that he still wasn't there, hadn't gotten a phone call, hadn't gotten any notification, and decided, yeah, let's go ahead and check on him. Your thought probably is he overslept. Yeah. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. He probably overslept. Uh, so he did pick up the phone when they called him, and when he did, his coworkers couldn't understand what he was saying. They said, and then the call dropped. So they kept trying to call him back, and eventually they got him again, and he was just mumbling and groaning and slurring his words. And they said it was obvious that something was wrong. And it's exactly what you think. He was in the middle of a stroke. Yeah. He was he was having a stroke, and that that old adage about how you know seconds lost equals brain lost. Yeah, that's absolutely true. They were able to save his life. So as soon as they figured out, okay, there's something really wrong with him. We need to get an ambulance over to him right now. Uh, they did. They called emergency services to get uh, him taken to the hospital. He has since, and this is incredible, given the fact that stroke can be so devastating. He's already been released from the hospital. When did this happen? What day did this happen? Uh, last Thursday. Last Thursday. Wow. Okay. Now, they said it's he's not back. I mean, they said he's got a long right. road of recovery ahead of him, and his coworkers say they miss him for now, and they're hoping that eventually he can get back on the job. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they no doubt saved his life. He would he would have eventually, that brain bleed very likely would have killed him. Yeah, they said some coworkers kept him on the phone. You had enough coworkers that were there, so some kept him on the phone. At least you know if he's still breathing, if he's still making noises, and so you can update 911 while they're on the way. I don't know how big this town is. But then others called 
911 to get him to the hospital. Yeah. And it's a valid question. I mean, with what we do, if one of us by eight o'clock in the morning hasn't mm-hmm. hasn't been heard from, then uh, yeah, we're going to start asking questions because we need to know. Am I you know am I going to have to fly solo on this thing today? So uh, it would be far you know long before we actually took air that 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 kind of thing would have been straightened out. But for most people, like in an office environment, if somebody just no call no shows, how long do you wait before you try to get in touch? And do you text first? I feel like that's what a lot of people would do. That's Absolutely. probably what I do with you. Yep. Is I get up a lot earlier than you do, but usually by you're usually going by eight, between like seven seven thirty. Yeah. And I can tell when you're up because I see the little the little face on <laughs> looking at the stories I've put up. So uh-huh. I know you're up and going. If it's like if it's eight o'clock, I'm probably texting first, and I'm probably giving it ten minutes, and then I'm probably calling because at that point, either your phone has died which would be unusual for a lot of people during the night. Yeah. Cause I always plug yeah. mine in before I go to bed. Or I would maybe call Jen then to find out. Um, so what do you do if you have a coworker who's late, how long do you wait and how close are you to your coworkers like that? I think it's interesting that they have an environment where they kind of take care of each other, particularly with those that live alone. You know, you think, and I think about that with my mom when she lived alone and, and was driving an hour to Chicago each way uh, to go to work. Do you think about it a little more when it occurs to you something could have happened during the night? Sure. They're alone, and maybe we got to be a little more vigilant about it. Yeah, and it's you brought up an interesting point, too, that if I wasn't responding, you could call my wife. Right. And, you know, if she didn't answer, then something might have gone wrong. I mean, you think, especially around this time of year, about carbon monoxide leaks. Yeah. And the fact that we've lost so many people to those over time. Uh, that, that sort of silent killer thing. So you know if you don't get a response out of either one of us, something is probably seriously wrong. Somebody, in fact, the first text we got on this said uh, was from somebody that said, I'm single with a dog. My employer knows if I don't call or show up that something is seriously wrong and please do a welfare check as soon as, uh, as, I'm, uh, as I'm not one to normally do that. And I can totally understand that. Does living situation make a difference? If somebody no yeah. call, no shows, but you know, you know, they got a big family at home and you know, they something probably went wrong, but we'll hear from them before too long. Would that keep you from calling? It's funny because now I'm working in my head through the process. If Jen didn't answer, there is a problem at your house. Yeah. Okay. Who on staff lives closest to you? Does anybody on staff live closer to you than I do? Parks. And probably Park. Yeah, Parks yeah. does. And he's usually up early. So at that point, I'm calling Parks and saying, you can get there faster than I can. Although I almost wonder at that point, do you call 911 and say. Yeah, and just or, you know, the Shawnee police, just the non-emergency number and say, look, there's somebody works here and we can't get a response out of them. Can you send a car by? Yeah. And that's unusual for for neither one. Yeah. What works for you? 913-586-7798. Let's go to Leavenworth and bring Diane into the mix. Hello, Diane. Hi, guys. I know you missed me. <laughs> of course. Always. Let me tell you, I've had a two-week vacation from my job on school, and I've worked every damn day there was. But anyway, getting back to our camaraderie with our group of just drivers, Yeah. I tell you, I was late getting on the phone one morning or on the radio to get into my boss, and within 10 to 15 minutes, he was already calling my house and my cell phone, making sure I was okay. So, uh, and I was, I was just running late with all this. It's the idea that, you know, they, they take enough about you. Yeah. And they want to get your butt on the job too, but 
good. Yeah, so yeah it's, think, it's it's good that you've got that that many people who who noticed and who care. Um, and yeah, and I think most of us would like it to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that we'd we'd like to think that somebody actually would put in the call to check on us. But I mean, even the timing in this story about the guy who had the stroke. Yeah. If if he didn't show up for work, that means that he probably started suffering some kind of symptoms maybe 45 minutes before they called him. Right. Luckily, they didn't wait half an hour. Yeah. Because like you said, minutes count, seconds count in that situation. And luckily, he was able to answer the phone. Right. I mean, he wasn't so far along that he could actually pick it up and attempt to communicate. And they kept trying him back. Have you ever known somebody who suffered a stroke? I have, yeah. Okay, I have yeah. an uncle that suffered a stroke. And, and, and have you talked to him about what that what that progress was? Um, unfortunately, um, it was one Did of those. Did he cases not survive? He didn't survive. Yeah, okay. he had a stroke and then was in a rehab center for a year and then died of sepsis. Oh, okay. Wow. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there, there was. Uh, I used to do a lot of work with the Stroke Foundation in St. Louis when I was over there, and the woman who ran the place was wonderful. She was a sufferer, but I mean, at this point. You, it, it, she's a little older. She's probably mid-60s. And if you met her, you might think she's slowed down a little bit with age. It's not mm-hmm. that. It's still the after effects of the stroke. But you wouldn't know, oh, that's somebody who suffered a stroke. But she described it as she was sitting on the couch when it happened, and she said it was like the world unzipped, that there was all of a sudden this black area in, in her field of vision and it just, she felt that zipping kind of, you know, feeling go down her body and said that it was seconds and then she was unable to do anything. So, yeah, the fact that he was able to even answer the phone is pretty stunning. But it sounds like they were worried enough about him that even if he hadn't answered the phone, they probably still would have sent somebody to check. Yeah, it makes me, and I should look this up just out of curiosity, to see what are the other symptoms that you would know on the phone if you called. Yep. I mean, slurred speech is the, the the inability to form words is the first thing we think about, and and the the unilateral paralysis where I was one just, one side I was of doing you this stops with my working. face. Yeah, right. what's that yeah. called? Where half of your face doesn't work? Yeah, unilateral paralysis is a better phrase than what I was going to use. Um, yeah, I don't. The lesson in this is check on your people. Yeah, like don't check soon. Don't wait. Like you kind of want to give them the grace period. Okay, you know, most of us, if we're going to be more than a couple. This job being the exception, most of us, if we're going to be late for work, call yes, and say, hey, I'm running, you know, a couple of minutes late. <laughs> this That doesn't happen in this in this universe. But um, but yeah, don't check if they don't answer. Quickly. Definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a debt of gratitude owed to be sure. I mean, he honestly owes his life to his coworkers now. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, you asked the question, what do we have to do? to get people to stop for school buses. We have to ask this question again. We'll explain why next on KMBZ. All right, we go to a small town about 100 miles north of Minneapolis called Willow River for this next story. Authorities are looking for a truck driver who almost hit a couple of school kids as they were getting off the bus. Video on this is absolutely stunning. And let me let me set the scene for you a little bit because this was video that was taken by the camera that's mounted on the bus. So what you see is the driver's side of the bus, just a little bit of that in the very right-hand side of the frame, with the stop sign with the little lights that blink on and off clearly out as it had pulled over to the side of the road to let the kids off and let them cross the street. You see one kid go across the street, and then coming in the other direction, there's a big white van. 
looks like a, a Ford van, kind of the Sprinter type van, the real tall ones, that does what it's supposed to do. It stops probably a good 30 or 40 feet before it got to the school bus to allow plenty of room for the kids. And then around the curve behind the van, you see a little uh, reddish colored Ford pickup, the tiny one, the, like the Ranger style pickup truck, the little bitty one. It comes and is apparently annoyed that the van did what it was supposed to do. So went around the van on the right, on the shoulder of the road, and punched it. So as the first kid crosses the street and you see that truck get back on the road in front of the van headed toward the school bus, another little kid has to go hauling butt to get out of its way. He runs across the street. And we're talking about a kid who's maybe, judging by the looks of it, seven goes yeah. goes running and then the and then the truck just keeps going. Yeah, um this is one of those like it must be a really long driveway. You're in a rural area and yep. so mom must be at the end of the driveway to pick up the kids. I I I'm, so I watched this yesterday. I'm watching this again. Now that you know what's coming. So when you know what's coming, if you're watching this, watch the curve behind the van and you see the truck coming and it disappears from view. It doesn't even stop behind the van. No. It doesn't even, it just sees the van stopped and just goes around it. It's so fast. Yeah. I mean, misses that second kid by feet. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and when he goes around, as I mentioned, I mean, he went around that van to the right on the shoulder. There's not much of a shoulder there, at least not paved. It's mostly <laughs> grass that he went into and then jumped back onto the road and just kept going. I mean, even if you think, what's this idiot doing in the van in front of me? I'm going to go around him on the right, which you really should never do. Yeah. Once you realize there's a school bus there with the stop sign out and little kids, what are you doing when you keep going? Um, so I'm looking at the video again. So they have identified the driver. Um, the license plate, maybe with better technology than what I've got, you could have made out the plate. It's going too fast and my pause doesn't, but you could probably make out the plate. You could probably make out the driver. And in a small town like this, like how many people are driving a burnt orange truck like this or or whatever this is in this area, you know, at 321 PM. Um, So they've identified him and they said the case has been sent to the county's attorney's office. Yeah, and, to charge it. and I don't know that they've caught up to him. I think they know who he is, but it, it sounds like they're still looking for him, still trying to get him into custody. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, like we said, what do you have to do to convince people? If seeing that bus and seeing that stop sign and seeing those little kids isn't going to do it, somebody <laughs> in the text line said rocket launchers. You know, I, I wouldn't be averse to that in a case like this. It just, I mean, of all the things that you could do wrong, that's the one that I find the least defensible. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I get that you don't like having to stop. Nobody enjoys that. Sure. That you have to stop and wait for the stop sign. But if that was your kid, you'd want everyone. Not not just stop. The van did exactly what you're supposed to do, which is not even crowd that stop sign. I mean, that, that van stops pretty far back yep. and gives them plenty of room to cross the road. You know, they can't always do it so that you can drop them off on the right side. Sometimes they have to cross the street. There's nothing you can do about that. Just so complete. The fact that the truck didn't even slow down. I mean, made no effort whatsoever to slow down and avoid hitting these kids. If that kid hadn't been paying attention and and ran, 
we'd have kids not still with us. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, how that truck keeps going when it sees that kid run in front. Uh, and it doesn't even, I mean, there's there's no, like you said, there's no slowing down at all in this entire thing. I mean, it, 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 we've talked to bus drivers about this before. And if you want to jump back in, if you happen to be doing that job and want to tell us about how many times a day you see this kind of thing go on, for those of us who don't have any problem, like you said, yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying as the average red light is annoying. Right. That, that you have to stop. But so what? I've been annoyed before. I'll live through it. And for for people to just do something that's that reckless and that dangerous because, well, you can't tell me to stop. Yeah, actually, they can. Does it just is there just no enforcement? It sounds like at least in this case, they're taking it seriously. They want this driver. Yeah. If you're out driving at 320 in the afternoon, that's when school buses are out. Yeah. Drive at a different time or take a different road then. And this is a country road, too. I mean, you're going to know that the you know that buses are going to run at that time on that road in answer to your question i don't know how you get people to take that more seriously and like you said this is beyond just running the stop sign the guy passed him didn't even slow down who knows why that van was stopped my so my assumption is that in making that turn coming around the truck driver could see the bus you'd think yeah, I mean, because it's, it's a pretty big, sharp turn. It's a big yellow bus with a bunch of red lights flashing on and off. Yeah, right. And so maybe he or she, somebody said the driver was a she. OK, doesn't matter. Um, maybe that driver thought, OK, well, if there are kids crossing the road, I'll just stop. I'll, I'll, I'll but I'll just keep going. Yeah, you can't wait the 30 seconds <laughs> that it takes. Where are you yeah. in such a hurry to get to? Right. That you can't, you can't just wait. It is really terrifying. I mean, kids are back in school. We're, we're after the break. It's going to snow. You could have slipped on the ice. The kid could have slipped on the ice. You know, I mean, a lot of things could have happened there. Sure. Yeah. And, and you put it in that same category with people who run red lights and people who do other things. But in this case, when it's a school bus, you just, you know, there's kids there. And when that driver saw that little kid run in front of his truck or her truck or whatever uh, and just kept right on going, I, it, I don't know what penalty you can give somebody that's going to be stringent enough to make them stop doing that. But uh, I, you know. We'll go to the phones. If you've got some ideas, if you want to jump in and, and just talk about this and what this situation is, because it's just so dangerous to kids who just have no ability to, to defend themselves. 913-586-7798. We'll go to Joe, who's in Edgerton. Hey, Joe. Hey there. I So when I was in school, my bus driver would do it, but it this do this, but it was a two-lane road. Four-lane road would be a little tougher maybe, but if they angle, when they stop, if they angle the bus to where nobody can get around them. Yeah, uh, and this, I really don't think the law would do anything about that. I mean, it sounds pretty smart, right? Because you're supposed to stop anyway. This was a two lane road that, that we're talking about, so the bus was in one lane going one way, and the and the truck came in the only other lane going the other way. So, but you figure if if they if that guy went around the the van to the right, he'd have just gone right around the bus too. Yeah, I like the idea though, Joe. That's a good one. Thank you. All right, thank you. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. To your point, you know we already have the stop sign there, the, the stop arm out. <laughs> yes. So you already know that you're not supposed to not supposed to keep going. So what needs to happen? Do we just need to make the fine so high 
that you don't do we need to have signs up on bus routes more like warning you hey you're coming up to a bus stop be prepared to stop yeah and this i mean it's hard to tell because we have a very limited viewpoint but this does it doesn't look like it's in the middle of a big city i mean there's trees and there's grass and uh, you know i don't know how rural a route this is but i do remember seeing those i mean once you get out of town you you generally if you're on a school bus route you will see those signs that tell you that but i don't think this person would have cared right and that's the thing it, it wouldn't have mattered you know, if you're going to pass the bus, you're going to pass the bus. Yeah. You don't care that it's a designated stop. Uh, if you want to get in, feel free to give us a call. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What needs to happen so that drivers will stop ignoring uh, the stop sign that school buses have out when they're on their routes? We had a case. This was out of uh, Minnesota, 100 miles from Minneapolis, where you had a kid that was almost hit because this man or woman, I don't know, was in a little pickup truck and just decided to completely ignore everything. That's I'm so gonna, funny. I want to tell you, I, Mike, our, our buddy Mike in Topeka, who calls the show every so often, is uh, has texted in and said, if you're caught passing a school bus, then you should be required to serve 100 hours of community service riding along on the bus, and at each stop, you have to get off and play crossing guard to make sure those kids get across the road <laughs> safely. That is fantastic. I love that. What a great idea. No bad idea right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go to Ashley in uh, somewhere in Missouri. We'll find out where she is. Hello, Ashley. Hi. I'm up by Savannah between Maryville and St. Joe. Now you're just bragging. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Tell us about it. What do you think? I thought that this was a big truck. I didn't realize it was just a pickup truck. But, you know, it's kind of like the question, how do you stop gun violence? And yeah. Until people start getting their heads out of their butts and paying attention and realizing that their time is not so important and they don't have to be so self-absorbed that, oh, I can't be bothered to stop by this school bus. It's not going to stop. I love Mike's idea. I think it's great. But we know that consequences don't make people stop doing bad things in a lot of cases. 
unfortunately, probably the only way that this is going to stop quickly is if we have the police budget to follow around school buses and stop these people. Yeah. I hope that they catch this person. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is being around school buses. Give them space. Let the, you know, this is a kid, people. But I don't know that there's really any consequence that we can put on it that people are actually going to pay attention until a kid gets killed. No, I know, and, and there have been kids killed. So, uh, yeah, even that sometimes isn't enough to get that point across. Yeah, you know, when, when I was learning to drive, uh, my dad told me, he said, you know, if you see kids out, whether it's at a school bus or just kids playing out in yards and things like that, act like those kids can travel at 50 miles an hour. That's how slowly you have to drive to make sure they don't run in front of you. And, and that's what everybody needs to do because yeah. you never know when a kid's going to chase a ball out right. of the street. I mean... I'm guilty of it, even as an adult. So let's all just slow down and realize that it's not so important that we can maybe hit a kid or somebody or even a pet. Right. You know, just yeah. slow down and be respectful and act like those are your kids. You got it. Ashley, well said. Um, yeah, a little respect would go a long way, I think. Yeah, I want to talk about what you said for one second because I was taught the same thing about in residential neighborhoods. Don't worry about the, what the speed limit is. Go drive as if there is a kid that's going to run out of a yard or chase after a ball or is playing in the street or whatever it is. Go slowly enough that you can stop pretty quickly because that might happen at some point. Yeah. Even if you see kids out with their parents out in the front yard, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, the, the, a lot of times those kids are far enough away that they'll be able to get out into the street before the parent can get over there and get them. It's up right. to us to be as careful as we have to be to make sure that doesn't happen. Absolutely. All right. Everybody be careful driving and watch out for the buses. Uh, moving on to the story uh, out of Newser that they got out of The Guardian. I don't know why I find these cases so fascinating. Maybe because it's weird to me, quite frankly, that after, in this case, we have a woman, a 62-year-old woman, whose husband died. And they had two children who also had passed. Um, it, it was horrible. Their, uh, they had uh, their 29-year-old daughter drown a decade ago on a fishing trip, a 31-year-old son who died in a car crash in 2019. Mm. And even in her late 50s, which she would have been at the time, they considered having more kids then. They lost their children and they considered having more kids. Unfortunately, then her husband at the age of 61 dies at home. And I don't see a cause of death here, um, but dies at home. She still wants to carry on and have the kids that they talked about. Totally predictably, then she wants his sperm harvested after his passing so that she can make that happen. The story is complicated by the <laughs> fact that where where this happened, and it's in Australia, but, I mean, they're the same as we are. Different states in Australia and different jurisdictions have different rules and laws. So she's in a position right now where uh, the, the, the place where he died does not allow. It allows for posthumous removal of sperm. What it does not allow is for uh, posthumous impregnation. You can't do implantation there. So in order to do that, she did have them, and they they did the, t the testing on it and made sure that the sperm were still viable. They are. Uh, so she had them extracted and frozen, but where she is right now, she can't have them implanted. They have a relative 
uh, in her 20s who lived in the Philippines who is willing to serve as a surrogate. So she has the material, but she can't do anything with it there. She's going to have to go somewhere that allows this process to happen. I'm going to guess the Philippines has more lax laws about it. It seems like it. Than, than Australia probably does or than, than we do. So she has to apply. What a complicated process this is. She has to now apply to transfer the sperm to another jurisdiction where you're allowed <laughs> to impregnate someone with it. Wow. All in the name of genetics, right? All in the name of yeah. passing on genetic material. There are plenty of ways to become a parent. Um, yes, indeed. Know, so, and she's 62 years old. Now, she can do whatever she wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. at 62 years old, who wants to become a single mother? She does, apparently. Yeah. And I'll be honest, this just feels horribly selfish to me. Um, this We've talked about this before, about these decisions being made out of grief, out of extreme loss, and you you just want something to carry forward of the person that you lost. And I get that. You and I both suffered pretty awful losses. Mm-hmm. But this is about more than you. You have to think about the child that you're creating here out of this. Sure. And you're doing it after he's gone. I, ju- I just get the icks whenever this comes up. Yeah, I, I and I don't. Uh, I mean, for that reason, I can see it, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't strike me as that because, I mean, it's not going to hurt him any. <laughs> He's gone already. So, yeah, uh, but I, I I look at that and I mean, we always you can't help but do the math on it. So she's going to be a single mother. Yeah. And if it happened today, then she would, by the time this child be, reached the age of 18, she would be 80. Yeah. The other thing about this is that... Um, it's weird to me that they, that Western Australia allows you to harvest the sperm after he's passed, but not implant it after he's passed. Well, why allow one and not the other? Right. Why allow the, the removal at all in that case? Right. I don't like this because he, I, I, I wish I could articulate, I wish I had better words for this. I don't like it because he didn't consent to it being harvested. Yeah. He couldn't because he was dead, but he didn't, I, I don't like, he didn't, yes, we knew they wanted to have kids together, but he didn't give his okay for this to happen. Well, now let, I let me, ask, oh, I was sorry, okay, sorry, we might be going to the same place. <laughs> yeah, huh? Organ donation. Does it fall under organ donation? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, th- that's, that's not where I was going, but yeah. Okay. Um, it's an excellent question. Yeah, is is that the reason why they allow that to happen in the first place? Uh, it, it's it's complicated, but to kind of back up your position on this and, and feeling that that the only reason why we know that they wanted to have kids is because she says so. Right. So, right. I mean, there's a possibility that he never had that conversation, that she decided after he died that she doesn't want to be alone anymore. Yes. And as I sort of argue against my point, she is his wife. And so does she as being the legal next of kin and his wife get to make that decision for him? Mm -hmm. I mean, does she, I'll use the organ donor as an example. Um, 
if I'm not mistaken, you can say you're an organ donor, but your family can still say no. If I'm not mistaken, that's your family can still I, say, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you may very well be right. I don't know the answer to that. But, but it feels like the same thing that, that if she didn't want his organs to be donated, she could say, I don't consent to this. So maybe as his wife, she gets more say over, she's going to have say over how he's going to be buried ultimately. Right. You know, so maybe she gets, she gets say there. Yeah. And and then what, now I, I know this can happen regardless of age, but again, we're talking about playing the odds here. What happens if that child reaches six years old, she's 68 and dies. Now what? Yeah. Her two kids are gone. Yep. So who's the next of kin then? that can take in an infant. Yeah, and like or, I said- Or a six-year-old or whatever it is. Now that could easily happen to a 30-year-old single mother the same way it could happen to a 62-year-old single mother. P- you know, people die. That's, uh, it's just part of life. But again, by the odds, it's much more likely to happen in her case than it is to somebody who's much younger than that and, and is of what's normally considered childbearing age. How do we feel about this? 913-586-7798. She's gonna do it. She, I don't know where she's going to go, but she's going to leave Western Australia and is probably going to do it. Um, how long is sperm viable? How long? Keep it in the freezer. If you, how long? If you freeze it, almost yeah. forever. Okay. Okay. So she doesn't have to hurry, but she's 62. So she kind of does have to hurry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, she's not carrying the baby, but she's 62. And it's, you know, at some point, Col- it, uh, it, it's too long. It's too long. Colin, by the way, looked up and did the legwork on us. You were right. Uh, according to the National Institute of Aging, quote, if a person is not registered to donate their organs, the family may make the decision on the dying person's behalf to donate their organs. However, the, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. However, I, the I family wrong. the family cannot override the person's decision to donate if the family, you know, if they've registered to donate, the family can't override that, but they can over. That's interesting. So if you don't want to donate your organs, your family can say, yes, you do. Um, I read that the other way. I read that as if you are registered to donate your organs, your family cannot say no. Right. But if you're but not, I guess the reverse would be true. But, the but reverse the, would be true too. They say if you're not registered to donate, your family may make the decision on the dying person's behalf to donate their organs. So even if you're not a registered organ donor, your family could, after you die, say, "Yeah, go ahead and take them." I don't like that. What's the point I, of I being either. registered? That's weird. I don't like that at all. I don't um, because the other thing that's to me that feels the same. And I know I'm sort of making analogies that aren't apples and oranges. Just indulge me for a second. Um, that feels the same way as like you have an advanced directive that says do not resuscitate and your family intervenes and says, yes, resuscitate, mm-hmm. even though that wasn't your wish. That can happen as long as you're still under 18. Okay. TV shows get it wrong then. Yes. Actually, there was an episode of ER where that happened, <laughs> where a kid was under 18 and the mom said, nope, revive them anyway. And they had to. There was an episode of Grey's Anatomy where it was an adult and they did it anyway. Yeah. They they oh, really? ignored the wishes. Yeah. Okay. Um so I boy, that's a whole other hour of the show. I I don't like that you can just ignore the it, do whatever you want because you're family. In in either case. Yeah, I in would rather case. have the the dead person's wishes should override everything else in both cases, whether they wanted to donate or didn't want. And I guess you could make the case that if you're not registered, that doesn't necessarily mean you didn't want to donate your organs. Mm-hmm. It just means you never went through with it and registered to do it. 
But even then, I, I think that that decision not to register should be the one that overrides. 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Still to come this hour, we have a cause for the fire at Tyreek Hill's house that we'll still get to here on KMBZ. Talk about the story, 62-year-old woman out of Western Australia. Uh, Her 61-year-old husband died uh, earlier this year. And before he died a few years ago, they had talked about having another baby. Their two kids had died in their late 20s, early 30s in the last decade. And so they wanted to have a family again. Uh, COVID kind of tripped them up a little bit. And so there was time where they couldn't do it. And so now they were ready. And then he dies. She says, I want to do this anyway. So the court says, sure, you can harvest the sperm after he's gone, but you can't implant it. You can't impregnate with it. So you got to go somewhere else. So that's where she is now is she she's ready to go and take this somewhere else. And she says she's got a surrogate mother lined up uh, and they're they're ready to go. But I mean, she's 62 years old and has no other family at this point. You know, Jamie, you said you saw this as selfish. I I find it hard to disagree with that. But I mean, are, are people allowed to be selfish? I think so. Sure. And we'll go to Terry and Lee Summit and see what Terry's thinking about. Hey, Terry. Hi, I, I had a thought regarding the financial aspects of the deceased father. Um, let's pretend he was on the equivalent of Australian Social Security. Um, how would that tie into what the child's benefits were to receive from a deceased family member? You know, there's how would the child? It's the same, isn't it? His, I mean, well, maybe, still his father. Uh, well, maybe not though, because the father was dead before the child was conceived. So, yeah. I yeah, I don't know if that would make a difference or not. And you know, like assuming they have money for surrogacy, they probably are people of means that have money. But you know, if he was a government, uh, you know, if he was on social security, how would they uh, pursue that? you know, the child receiving the father's social security after his death. It's a good question. Um, All right. Terry, thank you. That's, it's certainly one to ponder. Yeah. Does it make any difference if, if, (laughs) I mean, if, if the father predeceased the child that, uh, you know, does it make any difference? Is it still survivor's benefits if you were never alive when that person was alive to begin with? Um, Wow. This, that makes your head spin. Um, so wouldn't mom would get the survivor's benefits, right? Yes. So the question is, that's where it goes first. He doesn't get the, the kid doesn't get those first. Mom gets those first. Right. So the question is, when she passes, how long do you get Social Security benefits from if, after somebody's gone? Uh, here until you're 18. Like if okay. if you're the child and you lose a parent, okay. you get the, you get benefits. Uh, it's SS, not SSD, SSA. I don't know. One of those. Uh, you get uh, survivor's benefits up until age 18. Would he or she, that child, get both parents' benefits then? Is that the question we're asking? Conceivably, If mom yeah. dies, would, she get, would he or she get both or just mom's? Yeah, I, I, at least mom's and maybe both. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you have to be born first in order to get those survivor benefits, especially in Australia, but here I'm not even sure. I need to ask a, a physiological question. That gives me in the X a little bit too. Can you harvest sperm after someone's died? 
Yeah, that's uh, we we've seen that happen before. Usually, so I thought in other cases, what happened is they keep them alive long enough, three days to harvest. Okay, okay, because it's it's that how long part yeah. that I'm that I'm hung up on a little once, bit. Once, yeah, once they're produced, they can stay alive inside your body for three days. But that's okay. assuming a couple of things, though. I mean, because you also have. Not to get too graphic about this, but you you do not have the same warm environment for them to be able to survive that you would if if you were dead. Which is why I asked then, do you keep the man on a ventilator? Maybe. Keep him alive. Yeah. Knowing that you're usually that's what we see happen. I don't think you do it with within a few hours, you know, of yeah. him dying. And did she need yeah, I would love to know how this played out in the hospital. Did she need to get a court order? for the harvest to happen or did the doctors just do it? Yeah. You know, knowing they could, knowing they couldn't do anything with it after, but did they, how, how did all that work out? Wow. We are asking deep questions here. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, things, things we're going to need doctors and lawyers to kind of figure out for us. <laughs> always, yes. Every day. All right. Uh, it was just as we were wrapping up the show yesterday that we watched firefighters uh, in Florida at the home of Tyreek Hill. Uh, He was at practice for the Dolphins and got called and had to go home because his house was on fire. Now we know, and there's probably a bigger conversation to be had here, about the the reason this fire started. Yes, and and contrary to popular opinion, I had nothing to do with it, okay? I'm a Bills Uh, fan, but that has nothing to do with this story. Oh, that was a stretch, okay? Is that what people said? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, no, yeah, I I was not there. I was here when the fire started. No, it turns out, and I didn't know this, Tyreek, I knew Tyreek Hill had a bunch of kids. I didn't know four of them are under age 10. And uh, maybe it was one of those kids. Maybe it was somebody who was visiting, but it seems like it was probably one of those kids was left alone in a bedroom with a lighter. What? Sit with that for a second. Yeah. And played with it because kids play with everything. And that's what started the fire. Kid playing with a lighter. And this is according to, and boy, what a shock this is. This is according to Drew Rosenhaus, who is Tyreek Hill's agent. I didn't know that until today. But boy, you want to talk about a match made in heaven. They used to refer to Drew Rosenhaus as the Prince of Darkness. Okay. So, yeah, uh, perfect that he would be Tyreek Hill's agent. And yeah, he was the one who said that, according to the firefighters, they said a child left alone in a bedroom with a lighter was playing with a lighter and somehow started this fire. And I mean, as we were talking yesterday about this right at the end of the show, we were seeing some of the the video footage, but it was very close in. We couldn't tell how widespread that fire was. It did a lot of damage. Yeah. And this is a $7 million house. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of damage to be done. Yeah. When you saw it from different angles, you realize there was a lot more smoke than we than we originally thought. Um, Yes, we know many baby mamas. We, We know. Yes, I'm not a Tyreek Hill fan, but that's for other reasons. <laughs> yes, his um, his uh, his record on and off the field is well known to most. <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll leave it at that then. Uh, thanks to everybody for getting in this hour. Coming up in the next hour, if you can't cook, it's probably costing you money because of grocery prices. Get to that coming up on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.